right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Art Sipstery. This is part two of Gordon Parks. Me, your host, Sarah, and my husband, Joaquin. Hey, how y'all doing? And we are here to get back in to Gordon Parks' life. The myth. Or was it the man, the myth, the yeah, legend? Yeah, the man, the myth, the legend. legend. <laughs> okay. All right. So, man, he's had a wild life. If you haven't listened to part one, please go listen to part one. I'm going to try to recap a little bit. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, oh, gosh, this is crazy. Born, he was born, youngest of 15 kids. His mom passes away, moves in with his sister, gets kicked out by brother-in-laws, homeless, still <laughs> oh going to school. Uh, Miss Jenny kind of like takes advantage of him. <laughs> uh, he witnesses somebody dying oh and getting thrown out of three stories. Um, <laughs> oh, gosh, Gordon, where are we at now? Okay, uh, he goes on LFO, Larry Funk Orchestra's yeah. tour. Uh, gets left in New York. Composes a song. Composes a song for Sally, who didn't even talk to him while he was exhausted. Gets left in New York because LFO, you know, uh, just broke up. Broke broke up. Then he joins the CCC. Um, he moves back. He marries Sally. Moves back to Minnesota. Gets a job <laughs> as a f- a waiter. No, photographer. No, he gets a job with... Why am I blinking? He gets a job on the railroad as a waiter. Uh-huh. Gets his camera, decides right then and there. Hey, it's just like a cool hobby for me. I'm yeah. Like, He's photos. like, going to be the photographer. Starts shooting everything, anything that he sees. Finally gets an exhibition. Wins a grant, a fellowship. And we're now in Washington, D.C. All by the age of 29. Oh my gosh. And I'm pretty sure I missed something. Maybe. Possibly. Okay. So, Washington, D.C. Family comes later. The FSA, which was dealing with the fellowship. And, by the way, that's short for Farm Security Administration. Uh, told Gordon that with this grant, he they wanted to show the faces of Americans. Hmm. That was kind of their theme. So, what did Gordon do? He needed to photo- uh, photograph, and that's exactly what it what he did. He mainly kept to the northeast, you know, documenting New York and Washington, etc. All those like areas up there. Mm-hmm. So as he's doing this, he comes across a woman named Ella Watson. He follows her around for several weeks, photographing her, and he takes a photo of her at home. He takes, oh, sorry. He takes photos of her at home. He takes photos of her traveling to and from it's work. Creepy. It's not creepy when, yeah, you like, know. At work. Well, he asked her. And that's, that still sounds kind of weird. Yeah, I guess it does. But he, he did ask her, okay? So, and she agreed to it. But you all know this portrait. You've seen this portrait before. It's Ella. And she's kind of in the middle of this picture, okay? She's holding a broom in one hand, a mop in the other, and in the background off to the right is the right of her head. So imagine facing Allah. Okay. Oh, wait. That'd be to the left of her. We're facing her. It'd be to the left Mm -hmm. of her head. The American flag is coming down. And this is a play on the very famous painting that we all know, you know, with the the husband and wife farmers, Mm -hmm. right? 
Gordon does a play uh, on that or a take on that. So this is what Gordon has to say about this photo, because this is what kind of put him on the map. This is a very famous Mm -hmm. photo. He says, I took her into this woman's office. There was an American flag. I stood her up with her mop hanging down and the American flag hanging down Grant Wood style and did this marvelous portrait, which Stryker thought it was just about the end, you know, like end Mm -hmm. of times. He had said, my God, this can't be published, but it's a start. Like he just thought it was terrible. (laughs) So what did Gordon do? He goes, so it was published. I sneaked out and published it in an old paper that used to be in Brooklyn. And it was published in Brooklyn. You you probably remember. What was it called? I forgot. A Marshall Field paper. I don't know. (laughs) That's what he said. So he literally was like, fuck you. Oh, uh, by the way, I didn't mention Stryker before, but Stryker is his boss at FSA. So his boss basically was like, it's a start. Keep going. And <laughs> Gordon was like, fuck you. And published it anyway. He published this this paper and everybody like he published it in this paper and everybody loved it. It's one of the most famous pa- paintings, one of the most famous photographs from Gordon. Now, just because Gordon is thriving does not mean that he hasn't had a hard time. Mm. We do have to remember the time period. Okay. Yeah. Sometimes when I'm doing this, like, cause you know, when you read their biography or memoir and it's not like he didn't leave out like the racism, you know, that he, but he really talks so much about what he does and his craft that when I was reading this, I forgot like the, the time, like this is, he's in the middle of like the civil rights movements. Yeah. And so, you know, racism is still huge. It's still present even at the FSA. So even though he won this grant, it's still there. Gordon pushes back, though. Uh, He's supposed to eat on the black side, in quotations. Quote, unquote, black side. He refuses. He says, fuck that. I'm not going to do that. So he repeatedly just sits like wherever the fuck he wants. Mm-hmm. And because he just doesn't give a fuck, people just tend to leave him alone. But they, you know, they still say stuff under under their breath and do stupid shit, but that's how racist people are. <laughs> but he didn't let that bother him. He continued, he treated everybody equally. Now, Gordon was asked by his boss striker to leave FS, sorry, yeah, to leave FSA since is being disbanded, but it was being grouped into the Office of War or OWI for short. Mm-hmm. So the, the Office of War and FSA were different entities. And so they were disbanding FSA and just kind of merging it into Office of War. So employees could either leave or join. And since Stryker asked Gordon to join, he did it. And so he agrees to transition from FSA to OWI. Now, the transition from accounts of Gordon were smooth and that the that time the FSA went to into the OWR or wow, I messed it up, went into the OWI uh, author Edwin R. Embry. He wrote a book called 13 Against the Odds. And that was kind of his first assignment after that transition from FSA to OWI. So Gordon offered to fo- photograph the men for this book, kind of like, Hey, I know these men are in here. I'll photograph this and maybe you can publish it in the book or we can present it. So he would meet most of these men. And in his memoir, he explains in detail the meetings that he had with them. But I want to talk 
Because he does, like, explains fully all 13 of them. But I do want to talk about just one. Because this one in particular is Richard Wright. And Gordon decided to drive to New York. But he ended up getting to New York a day early. He gets there. He he finds where his hotel is. And he parks his car. His car's a little bit away from the hotel. And he heads towards the hotel. So with his suitcase... His camera, Gordon's walking down the street. He starts to see people running. He doesn't quite know why they're running. He turns around and he sees all these people continuing to run and police are targeting these people. He realized after the fact, though, that he was in the center of the Harlem riots. Oh, my God. (laughs) So he was he got there early just to do this interview and he just so happened to get there when the riots first started. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I was like, what luck, Gordon? (laughs) Oh, gosh. So, you know, he is walking down. He sees all these people running. And, of course, police ended up pointing a pistol at him. And Gordon is on the ground. And he was like, I work for the OWI. I have credentials. Let me show you these credentials. So he pulls out his OWI credentials, shows shows them, and, you know, police let him go. Uh Uh-huh. It was, like, continuous until he got to the hotel. Like, he had to keep showing police, like, OWI, OWI, Mm -hmm. just to get to the hotel. So, finally, the next day, he meets up with Richard. And, of course, Richard was super sympathetic. And he just kept saying, you could have been killed. Yeah. Yeah. We would have. Definitely. Like, he could have been. And we wouldn't have any of these amazing great works by Gordon. It's the same time. Just casually going to photograph someone and you're in the middle of the riots. I honestly think I would have cried and then ran. Yeah. (laughs) So Gordon would end up um, after this first assignment and because now he works for the Office of War, he actually um, was assigned to photograph a bomber group and the pilots that accompanied the bomber group So the B-17 and B-24 pilots. Mm -hmm. This group of pilots was called the Tuskegee Airmen. And they were the first African-American military aviators. I'm pretty sure we watched a movie recently. Yeah. Right? Yeah, we did. On them. Can't remember the movie for the life of me. It was a good movie, though. Yeah. These photos are just so beautiful. They really are. He captures the pilot so perfectly. Um, there's like pilots outside of the cockpit just looking off. There's some like, you know, working on the planes. It's just an amazing thing to see. Mm-hmm. Even though these pilots, you know, are on the move most of the time and super, you know, you kind of have to catch them. The photos actually resemble almost a steadiness to them, which is pretty unique. Sadly, though. Uh, his time with the pilots would end up being shortly lived because he was laid off from his duties by Stryker himself. Hmm. So his own boss. But I'm sure he didn't do it out of spite, you know. I bet they were just dwindling down. But also probably because <laughs> he's black. I don't ever want to think of that, but. Most likely. Most likely, yeah. So Gordon then starts to shoot photos for various fashion magazines. Because remember, he used to shoot 
fashion and then got into this. And mm-hmm. so he just went back to fashion magazines. And one of those fashion magazines that hired him, guess which fashion magazine it was? Victoria's Secret. No, Victoria's oh. is Victoria's Secret even fashion? <laughs> I thought that was lingerie. I don't know. It's... No, but it's another V, another V word. Madonna has a song, just strike a pose and Vogue. Oh. <laughs> I think that's how it goes. But anyway, yeah, he ended up shooting for Vogue, which is wow. crazy. Well, and that's that's impressive. It is impressive. With shooting with Vogue, he became uh he had a, like a very distinctive style. Instead of actually posing his models to be still, he would pose them with their like he would tell them to like move a certain way and mm-hmm. he would photograph them with the garments in motion. Oh, okay. So instead, so most people would have them still. He would do it in motion. So he introduced a lot of movement into his photos as a fashion photographer. And if you look at fashion photography no, now, that's what you it's have now. all movement. So yep. I'm pretty sure Gordon sparked this trend mm-hmm. of having movement in those photog like those photographs. Yeah, which is For crazy. Sure. It's crazy to think that like. He started that type of movement <laughs> and we're still using it today. Yeah. Like that's how good it was. Influential. It is. Yeah. yeah, he is influential. So Gordon finally, you know, after some time, he decided to move back to New York and back to Harlem, where he continued just to document the city and people he saw throughout it. Gordon would end up doing a photographic essay on a Harlem gang leader. Okay. This essay got him a position as a staff photographer for Life Magazine. The Life Magazine. The Life Magazine. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. That's like the dream job for photographers. I literally write that somewhere. <laughs> I, I, oh yeah, I said not to mention that working at Life Magazine was the highest award you could do as a photographer. I yes. literally wrote that. But yeah, they were everywhere. Yeah. He was just doing this photographic essay just because he wanted to. So it wasn't like he was asked to. He did it. He published it. I I don't know like if he had it on display or actually published it. But I do know later on Life Magazine did publish it. Guess how long he kept the Life Magazine position? 30 years. Close. 23 years. Oh, 23? Yeah. Oh. So during this time, he took photos of racial segregation, sports, fashion, etc. You know, everything. He also, though, took some photos. I know for a fact you all will recognize. Can you guess which ones? Uh, no. The He did Malcolm X and he did Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali? Mm-hmm. The most icon, like, that's what you see on people's shirts from Target. Like, Muhammad Ali. That's Gordon Parks. Like, photography. How fucking cool. You know, I already went over how it's the highest award. But Gordon was the first African-American staff photographer and writer at Life Magazine. So he was the first, and he held the position for 23 years. Wow. And he also was an influential... Fashion photographer. Without even knowing it. Isn't that crazy? I put, this is what makes Gordon Parks one of the most influential photographers that any artist should look up to. Bam. Thank you, past self, for writing that. I prepared myself. (laughs) (laughs) What's crazy, though, is I think what people forget is he was entirely self-taught. Yeah. 
He had no idea how to work a camera, how yeah. to load film, self-taught. Yeah, to read everything. the uh, manuals, right? Yeah. yeah, he literally like he got, he read books, how to do it, how to do certain photos. Just way before like YouTube and yeah, <laughs> no, he literally he recounts um in you know the his memoirs that he like would read books and manuals just to figure out how to do it. He didn't even know how to have a setup in the dark room. He ended up like you remember how I said he uh took the picture of Marvel Lewis. Mm-hmm. He accidentally overexposed the film too much when oh, developing it. And so it was, it was ruined. But Marvel Lewis was like, oh no worries next time, you know, mm-hmm. don't and then still told him to go to Chicago for opportunities. Like he just had he had to have had some type something about him where people just knew he was gonna go like do something big Hmm. you know because that's crazy (laughs) i i don't know i i'm i'm still like speechless on it but yeah he continued entirely self-taught and he captures the essence of people in that set time you know Mm -hmm. whether they were for fashion or just everyday blue collar workers or families he really 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 captured that moment in time and i think that's what's really special about his photos okay i i don't really know where i left off okay Mm -hmm. i mean this is art substory all right so we're a little bit cuckoo right now (laughs) okay so i'm just gonna go back through it but he was able to show people an insight you know, into people's other people's lives without you ever being there. And that's probably the greatest thing an artist actually can do. And he also um, gave a voice to black Americans like nobody has ever done before. Mm -hmm. And so he got to showcase their lives and what, you know, people were doing that were so far removed from that culture and, you know, living poorly. Just documenting the uh, surroundings, which is interesting. Yeah. Exactly. Not very many people really do that. And without him, we wouldn't be able to know what was going on back then. Very true. That's very true. Now, his story doesn't end here, though. Doesn't end with his 23 Years at Life magazine. Oh, no. He continued to push himself. He pushed himself and pushed himself. We already know he has a crazy story. But he became the first African-American to direct a major Hollywood movie. <laughs> what? Yes. From photographer to yes. director? No, 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 no. From music to photographer to director. This, Gordon, you are a phenomenal man. <laughs> now, the movie he directed was based off his own biography called the learning tree and i was like man i want to watch this because i've never seen it Mm -hmm. i found it on youtube so you know what we're gonna watch this weekend the learning tree oh yeah (laughs) not only though did he direct this movie he also wrote the screenplay and gordon my man gordon composed the the music music. of course (laughs) i wrote in here i haven't seen the film but i'm gonna watch it so yeah we're definitely gonna watch it this weekend Now, he did that. First African-American to direct a major Hollywood movie. Gordon's next film was in 1971. (sighs) And it ended up being the biggest box office hit. Of all time. I don't know of all time, but maybe of that year. All right. Do you know what it is? Yes. What? Shaft? Yes! (laughs) It's Shaft! 
now, never, I haven't seen that movie, but heard it's really good. I heard maybe we should just have a Gordon Parks movie yeah. watch party. Movie Me night. You and Chuck. <laughs> I guess they did a remake of Shaft. And yeah, he, with uh, Samuel Jackson. Yeah, well, Gordon Parks has plays a little cameo in it. What? Yes. Was he still? He was still alive. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Uh, I I'll, I'll tell you when he passes. Away. All, right, all right. But yeah, he was still alive. So not only we do have to watch the original Shaft, but we have to watch the remake now because I want to see him have his little cameo. Mm-hmm. He's like the uh, what's his name from Marvel? Oh, uh, Stanley. Stanley, yeah, yeah, where he's always a little cameo, a little cameo. Yeah, he did do a sequel to Shaft. Do you know what the sequel is called? Shaft Two. <laughs> no, <laughs> it was called Shaft's Big Score, and that was in 1972. So just a year later, it was kind of a flop. Like, I mean, it was good, but it wasn't as good as Shaft. Like, it still was really good, but not as good as Shaft. Mm-hmm. And then he did one last Hollywood film. Shaft 3. No. <laughs> oh. It was actually called Lead Belly, and it was in 1976. This was not as successful as the other two. Hmm. But this one, like, really flopped. So after this film, he did continue to make films. Mm-hmm. Like, he said that he continued to make films, but he never did, like, really big Hollywood films. So he has three big Hollywood movies. Hey, that's that's a lot. That's a lot. Uh, me, more than me. That from a kid that is the youngest of fifteen, losing his mom to being homeless, like mm-hmm. to having three movies, Hollywood movies, like not B roll movies, mm-hmm. Hollywood, Hollywood movies. That's incredible. Yeah, that's that's inc- I, it's just incredible. I have no words. I have no words for it. But his life, you know, sadly would come to an end. He's still, by the way, even during films, he's still photographed. But I just don't think he photographed for any. He photographed for himself, mainly mm-hmm. not for everybody. Um, but he did end up passing away on March 7th, 2006. And he passed away from cancer. Uh-huh. So, um, which is really sad. So, yeah, he was still alive. How old was he when he passed away? You know, that's a good question. 1912 minus 2006. Okay, he was 94. 94. That is a long-ass good life. Yeah, yeah and then the, yeah, we're, we're artists. We can't count. So, that's why yeah, we needed sorry. a calculator. That's why I needed a calculator. We don't like math. It wasn't that long of a hold for y'all, though. It would be like, boop done but for us was like a minute (laughs) all right oh by the way he was buried in his hometown fort scott kansas so he's buried in his hometown oh that's Um, cute like yeah back home i know where he had to leave he he i don't know if he ever went back he left at 16 Mm -hmm. that's crazy i do want to say though he didn't remain married to sally okay so they did end up divorcing a Again? second time. Yeah. <laughs> wow. A second two, time. Two. Man, that's, that's too much. <laughs> so he, they ended up divorcing in 1961, and he was married again in 1962 to Elizabeth Campbell. They ended up divorcing in 1973, and then that same year, so 1973, he married Genevieve Young, but divorced in 1979. But altogether, Gordon has had four children. But one of them, I think, has passed. 
So I think he has three three living kids right now. Yeah. All right. We're going to talk, though, before we end and end it entirely, we're going to talk about some of his most famous photos. Okay. We already talked about American Gothic. Okay. That's the title of the portrait of Ella Watson. Remember mm-hmm. holding the, yeah. the mop in the broom? But we are going to talk about Red Jackson, which he took in 1948. Remember how I was talking how he had that photographic essay with the Harlem gang leader mm-hmm. that got him the job at life? Yeah, that was Red Jackson. And that's the gang leader of the Harlem, you know, Harlem gang. This photo, I don't think you've seen it. I don't think I, so. But if y'all haven't seen it, please look this up. Again, it's Red Jackson, 1941. He's pictured in this photograph with just a cigarette in his mouth. And he's staring kind of at three-fourths view outside of a broken window. And it looks like he's just pondering what he might do next or maybe what he's supposed to do in the next few days. Mm-hmm. And it's just a striking photo. Because without knowing the context that this is a gang leader and he's also 17 years old. Like you just think, oh, it's just a portrait of know, a kid or of something. a kid looking yeah. out in the window but because we know like when you see his face you just know he's probably thinking about like okay what what do i have to do how do i keep this going Mm -hmm. it just gives um a whole new feeling to the photo yeah if you don't know the context you're gonna just think it's regular kid yeah but then in reality he's a he's a criminal yeah it's it's wild it's just (laughs) a good photo and so moving on the next photo I want to talk to you about is called Emerging Man 1952. I fell in love with this photo when I first saw it. I would love to have just a frame. Obviously, I can't afford the original, but I would love to just have this photo framed. And it's a super dark photo, but there's light and there's light that's shining in the middle of the photo. And it's hitting the nose and cheek of this man that's popping his head from like the sewer drain, like Mm -hmm. the sewer drains up and he's like popping his head up. But it's so dark that it looks like his hands are kind of a part of the road. Like you like not attached to him. Like it's it's very cool. But I found out that this photo was created in collaboration with Ralph Ellison's uh, book called The Invisible Man. Mm hmm. And so the, this photo came out the same year as Invisible Man. Well, the photos go along with the book. And there's actually two other photos. So it's a visual interpretation of the novel. Oh, it's very cool. That's like well thought thought out and planned. It is. But I am going to show you. I'm going to Google this for you because you you just have to see it my listeners you have to see it too cuz it is a beautiful beautiful photo look at this photo oh my gosh that's so beautiful right that's amazing it's so good and then the second part of the photo is this one where he's like coming out so it's literally like it's literally a yeah. visual interpretation that's that's real, real like, cool like oh the light hits it just you know, he had to have burned and he had to do early versions of Photoshop, burning and dodging that to get because the way that it's developed, the he has it so it's so dark around the edges mm-hmm. that he had to have 
had cardboard or something to make the light shine right on his face to develop that area more. It's just it's, like, it's lot, gorgeous, a lot right? Of planning. I know. Oh, I can you imagine that photo just in her <laughs> living room? It'd be so nice. Okay, anyway, I'm gonna get too caught up. Moving on, because there is one last photo I want to talk to you about. Of course, I'm gonna say you have to look this photo up. But this photo is called Flavio da Silva, 1961. And this photo was taken when Gordon was on assignment for, you know, Life magazine. And he was told to document Latin Americans living in extreme poverty. Mm. So he did this whole like photographic journey. So he chronicles the life of a young boy named Flavio. And he's struggling to survive in Brazil's slums. This photo is of a young 12-year-old boy getting checked up by the doctor. And it's because he's suffering from asthma. And it's just a striking photo because, you know, without the background, you just look at it and you're like, oh, it's just a child getting Mm -hmm. a checkup. But no, it's a child that's in the extreme, like, poverty in the slums of Brazil. He's struggling to take care of his siblings. He's struggling to take take care of himself. And it's just such a powerful photo. It it's mm. very gorgeous. And but I think the backstory is what makes it gorgeous. Yeah, because without it, you don't really know what you're looking at. Yeah, you don't. And um, it's a it's also the series that became one of the best known essays to ever be published in a magazine. So <laughs> he followed him he's, around. He's done everything. He's done everything. But let me show you. And of course, all of these photos are are incredible. But let me show you the, the one that I'm talking about specifically. Hold, please. Oh, yeah. I've seen that one before. Yeah, some <laughs> people have. But the other most famous one that he does of um, Flavio is this one where he's like standing. Yeah. But it's just, it's a gorgeous photo. And I mean, honestly, just, yeah, just look all of those ones up. It's, it's incredible. Now, Gordon is remembered today for his incredible photos. The way he was able to capture so many people, so many walks of life. If you don't know any of his photos, please, 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 please go look it up. Or... They actually have published um, it's a very, very thick book. Pretty sure it's like 75 bucks, but it's a majority of his photographs or his most popular ones. Um, and I, I cannot stress enough how beautiful they all are. So Gordon, you know, photos was his main thing. But the, the biggest thing of all is he's known for breaking those barriers with his photography. Mm-hmm. And, and um, also being the first... Um, director too yes like just breaking barriers on everything and just allowing to see people what life was like for black people what life was like for people that were poor um and then just being the first to be yeah he he was the first to direct a movie he was the first to work for life magazine to write and photograph it's just incredible and he probably is and will be one of the most influential photographers of all time. Mm-hmm. He influenced the way that they show movement. Yeah. Yeah. So this is crazy. Like at the right place at, at the right time. Yeah. I agree. And an example of never given, given up. 
Yep. It's following your dream. And I feel like if you get bored, it's okay to get bored and do something else. But you follow history. Just keep doing it. Yep. But what I love the most and what I think is a really good message for a lot of young kids is he didn't really start art photography until like late 20s. Yeah, that's pretty late for an artist. Yeah. But I think it's good because it shows a lot of people that your age doesn't matter. You know, you can get into anything at any age. Yeah, and then he did a lot of things uh, later on in life, and that was his first thing he did. Yeah, I mean, first time directing a movie and became one of the biggest movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's that's cra- that's crazy. But that's all I have for y'all. I hope you really enjoyed the life of Gordon Parks, and I really, really hope you look up his photos because they are absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Do you have any final words, Joaquin? Um, I just want to say like it's just amazing his this whole life and story is like crazy, but it'd be like a nice movie. I can definitely see this being like a nice movie. Yeah, I could. I'm yeah. Actually, why haven't they done that? A movie on his life. He, yes, he, did, he was uh, first on a lot of things. They do movies all the time on people that just do mediocre yeah, stuff. Know, his his life is long enough that they can make it a trilogy. They honestly could like Shaft, <laughs> Shaft two, Shaft three. <laughs> Maybe they'll just make it a biopic. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> all right, listeners, thank you for tuning in. I'm sorry you had to wait another week, but it was all worth it. Gordon is our man. <laughs> he is uh, our favorite photographer, other than my very best friend Whitney. I have to remember, she's a great photographer. <laughs> yeah. She uh, is. She is. All right, y'all. Tune in next week. Bye. Bye.